Welcome to the Life of Christ, Series 3, Term 1. This is Lesson 3. We are going to pick up in John chapter 3 and verse 19. Remember again that Jesus is having a conversation with Nicodemus. And it is in this conversation with Nicodemus that we have that very famous verse, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Amen? And so we, we've looked at all of that in the past, and I don't want to go through that again. We are now up to the place where Jesus begins in John chapter 3 and verse 19, and He says, And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. Now, there's a mouthful there. And we are going to look at this today because I believe that this is one of the key things that are going on in our society today. It is one of the things that really show us where some churches are in what they preach. And listen to me very carefully as, as I share this with you. Because you'll begin to understand why some things will grow very quickly and why some things don't. Alright? Um, and why it is important that we choose to honor God with what we do, rather than please men with what we do. A lot of people are looking for numbers to boast, this is how many people we've reached, and this is how many people are coming. But see, God isn't looking for how many people are coming to your church. He's looking for how many people in your church come to Him. There's a lot of people that go to church that don't go to God. Okay, all right, and and they and and they wear their church like a badge of pride, like oh, I'm going to this place, and you know they have churches here, there, and everywhere, and you know so they puff up their religion and their status, so to speak, as a Christian, on the church and what it's doing. God doesn't care about any of those things. God isn't going to say, oh, you're going to XYZ church. Wow. Oh, come on in. I won't even judge. Just come on in. Forget about all the... Which one are you going... Oh, oh there's only five people. Let's, let's look at you. Let's see what's wrong with you. No, that doesn't happen. You know, we've, we've heard this over and over again. God doesn't have any grandchildren. Amen. Everyone needs to get born again and have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, not via anybody else. Amen? So your relationship with Jesus Christ is what makes you a son of God. You can't say, well, my mummy is a Christian, so I'm a Christian. That doesn't work. Amen? You know, that is the same thing when it comes to a church. You can't say, I belong to this church, therefore I'm going to heaven. Hear me. Alright? You go to heaven, you get rewarded based on what you are doing. Amen. Amen. Okay. So, let's read this in light of that. Didn't think all that was in there, did you? Okay. <laughs> My job is to open your eyes to things. My job is to show you the depth of what Jesus is actually saying and what He's sharing. Do you hear me? And he says here, and this is the condemnation again, that the light has come into the world. Notice, the condemnation is that the light came into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light. Notice why? Because their deeds were evil. So let's look at this. William Hendrickson in his commentary says, that we may paraphrase the thought of, the verse, nine, of verse 19 as follows. Now with respect to those who reject the only begotten Son of God, this is the divine verdict. 
that the Christ, that's the Messiah, who is himself the light, came into the realm of fallen mankind, but though some accepted him, by far the majority preferred and actually loved the moral and spiritual darkness of sin. Did you get that? And the reason was not that they were ignorant, having never heard the gospel, but rather this, their works were evil. Okay? So because of what they were doing, they didn't want to know. You know, some, somebody fairly famous had said, anybody that's a Christian is just in fairy tale land. I'm not quoting this exactly, okay? But he was sort of saying, well, the reason that they come up with all of this is because they're afraid of the darkness. And it's their crutch. And uh, somebody that I know very well turned around and, and said, no, the problem that he's having is he's afraid of the light. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Pastor Verity. Anyway, all right. <laughs> all right, getting back to this. The Apostle Paul warned Timothy about such people in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 2 through 5. He says here, <clears throat> now I'm reading, I believe, from the New Living Translation. Yeah, okay, just so it's easy to understand. He says, the Apostle Paul says here, For people will love only themselves and their money. Amen on that. <laughs> Several plenty, okay? They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. Verse 3. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. See, one of the things that you will find is that people that are constantly criticizing other people have no self-control. Be careful of people like that, because if they are so easy to criticize others, I will almost guarantee you that they will have no problem criticizing you. Be careful. Do you hear what I'm saying? All right. They will be cruel and have no interest in what is good. Verse 4. They will betray their friends. They will betray their friends. So, the, you know... What do you learn from that? Don't become friends with people like this. <laughs> okay? Because you're out to get betrayed. They will betray their friends, be reckless, which means they don't think about anything other than themselves. They don't care about consequences. They don't care about what their actions are doing. Do you understand reckless? Okay. And it says, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. So they put themselves before God. Verse 5, they will act as if they are religious. Oh, here we go. Can we stop there for just a moment? They will act as if they're religious. Alright? So they'll, they'll look all holy. They might use all the right lingo. You know, might wear the right jewelry. Amen. Okay, you're, you're trying to say. So we need to be getting... Now, don't start looking for, okay, deception everywhere, okay? All right, okay, don't, don't become like that either. Don't go say, he's wearing a cross, but I don't know. He could be... A, no. <laughs> don't do stuff like that, okay? You, but you understand... <laughs> right, you got one. Okay, but you understand what I'm trying to say. Don't be fooled by things. If you are getting something in your spirit that is saying, stay away, stay away. Don't let your mind argue and say, oh, but they said, praise the Lord. 
They said, hallelujah. They wore a cross. Who cares? Just be careful. Because they, seem, they may seem religious, it doesn't mean that they are. Let's continue. And he says here, they will act as if they're religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Wow. Did you hear that? They will reject the power that could make them godly. You must stay away from people like that. Alright, in his commentary, Leon Morris <coughs> writes, People choose the darkness and their condemnation lies in that very fact. Did you get that? Okay. People choose the darkness and their condemnation. It's not God condemning them because God is just woke up on the wrong side of His throne or something. Okay. He, they, they are being condemned because they choose darkness. Okay. All right. They shut themselves up to darkness. All right. They choose to live in darkness. They cut themselves off from the light. Why? Because their deeds were evil. Immersed in wrongdoing, they have no wish to be disturbed. <laughs> okay, let's, let's stop there for a minute. This is one of the biggest problems that you will have witnessing to some people. They are immersed in darkness. See, they'll come up with all kinds of reasons. Oh, there's no proof. There's no this, there's no that. Understand something. If they're, they are literally fighting not to be saved. You need to understand that. You need to understand that what you are dealing with is not a, not a lack of evidence that you, can't, that, you know, you're not, you've, you haven't got enough facts to give them to get them saved. What you are fighting is their lack of wanting to be saved. Because of what they're doing and the ramifications of being saved. If they get saved, they need to stop what they're doing. They don't want to stop what they're doing. You know, <laughs> I remember a, 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 a very famous preacher went to minister to this guy, you know. His lifestyle had led him to the place where he was in hospital. Let's just say that, okay? And, um, you know, he went to minister to him, and he was sort of saying, look, you know how loved ones call up and say, please go and visit my son. He, you know, he, he really wants you to come and visit him. You go there, and he doesn't want anything to do with you. Okay, one of those things, all right? So anyway, he says, look, I'm here, man. You know, let, let me just talk to you for a little bit. And... Uh, so he was talking to him, and the Lord spoke to him and, and said, the, the problem, you know, because sometimes you just think, what am I doing wrong, God? Maybe nothing. And so he just stopped and said, do you want to get saved? And the guy goes, no. I'm just having too much fun. And he was honest. You know, at least you can deal with people that are honest with you. You know, and, and so this preacher said, man, you know, do you understand that your lifestyle has put you in this hospital? He goes, he goes, I know, preacher, but you know, I'm just, you know, I don't want to make a commitment until I'm ready to fully commit. Now bless his heart. At least he's honest. You can deal with people like that. And God can deal with people like that. God said, be hot or cold, don't be lukewarm. Do you hear what I'm saying? Okay, this guy was called, man. I mean, he said, I'm called. <laughs> okay? And, you know, to his credit, the time came when God was... He called him up and he said, you know, preacher, I really want to see you now. And called him back and he said, ever since you were there, you know, came to visit me in the hospital, God hasn't stopped talking to me. <laughs> and he said, he won't let me sleep. And I think I maybe, maybe I need to give my life to the Lord. He goes, well, go right ahead. I'm here. <laughs> Got the guy saved. But, you know... 
That would, now there is an honest person. There's a person we can deal with. You, can, you know where you stand with the person. And you can go forward in that. You can pray. You know what to pray now. But the ones that are difficult are the ones that under the guise of, oh no, I'm not convinced, blah, blah, blah. Because they love darkness. Because they are so immersed in what they're doing. And you will never find out what it is. You don't know what people are doing at home when nobody's looking. Let me say that again. Listen, you need this revelation. You need this revelation. You do not know what people are thinking or what they are doing at home when you are not looking. And you are trying to minister to them and they don't want to receive the ministry because it compromises what they're doing. Because they love their evil deeds too much to give it up to do what you're saying. So it doesn't matter how good you are, that's what you're dealing with. Now if you know that, then you can pray. So can I say this to you now? If you're running into a wall ministering to somebody, remember this verse. Okay, remember this verse. And you go and say, God, whatever it is that has got them in its grip and holding on to them, whatever it is that they think they're in charge, but they're not, something else has got a hold of them. You know, it's like the guy that says, I can quit anytime. No. <laughs> well, why haven't you? <laughs> okay, all right. See, the argument just works, doesn't it? When you think about it, those people that say, I can quit anytime, they can't. They would have. But they can't. They have deceived themselves into thinking that. Amen? And so that's what you're dealing with. A person that (laughs) they think they're in control, they're not. And whatever it is that they are doing, the gospel is getting in the way of that. So you go pray over that with that wisdom, with that understanding. Let me move on because I don't want to spend any more time on that. Alright, I hope you receive something from that. So again, he says, Immersed in wrongdoing, they have no wish to be disturbed. They refuse to be shaken out of their comfortable sinfulness. Don't you like that? Their comfortable sinfulness. So they reject the light that comes to them and set their love on darkness. It was not forced on them. They themselves chose darkness. And in that lies their condemnation. Amen? Okay. In fact, the Apostle Paul, writing to the Roman church, says to them in Romans chapter 1, verses 29 uh, through Romans chapter 2 and verse 1, their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, fighting, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. Do you know people like this? No. <laughs> okay. That's a long list. And you know, you turn around and go, yeah, and that's their good qualities. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. It says, they are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They are forever inventing new ways of sinning and are disobedient to their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, and are heartless and unforgiving. Uh, We could preach on every one of these, but I won't today. Is that okay? Alright. They are fully aware of God's death penalty for those who do these things, yet they go right ahead and do them anyway. And worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. You may be saying, what terrible people you have been talking about, but you are just as bad. Uh oh. And you have no excuse. When you say they are wicked and should be punished, you are condemning yourself, for you do these very same things. Ouch. 
Now I wonder how many people would have invited the Apostle Paul back to the church after preaching that message. Uh, not many. I can tell you a few churches that wouldn't even let him in the doors. Because, you know, those people won't give anything. That's not stuff that makes them feel good. Hello? Amen? I want to say a lot of other things, but I will refrain. All right. <laughs> in, <laughs> in other words, no one is immune to this kind of darkness. And why we must constantly be on guard against it. Now, let me stop there. This is important. Nobody is immune to this. Don't ever get to the place where you look at stuff like this and go, Oh, that's talking about somebody else. That's the guy that I really hate. That's what he's like. You know what? You have just proven you're just like him. You've just judged him. You've committed a worse crime than whatever he's committing. Did you know that the, the sin of judgment is worse than the crime that you are judging the person over? Did you know that? I want, you, I want that to sink in. Be careful how you judge people. Okay, now, that's different to you being wise about something. Somebody has taken advantage of you, don't be stupid. Don't let them take advantage of you twice. Do you hear what I'm saying? Unless the Lord leads you to do something, and maybe the Lord is up to something in the background, and you go, God, I don't want to, you know, and He says, no, just go right ahead, I've got this. Then go ahead, you, we walk by faith, not by sight. Hello, alright? But otherwise, be wise. There are books in the Bible that tell you to be wise. There's a whole book called the book of Proverbs. 31 chapters worth of be wise. There's a lot of chapters. All saying, be wise. There's a New Testament book called the book of James, called the Proverbs of the New Testament. Hello? It says, be wise. Don't be dumb. Okay? So there's a lot of stuff there that, that tells you to be on guard. Amen. So, I'm not talking about, you know, that I'm talking about people that have a cruelty in their heart when they judge people. Do you hear what I'm saying? Okay, and they're always putting people down and people feel put down constantly. You be careful that you're not doing that. Okay, that's why it says if there's any good, you think about those things. It's easy for us to say amen to that, but it's hard to do. The more you know someone, the more you want to speak about things that are in their life that you just think are not right. Be careful. Only do that as the Lord leads. And can I just say this? The Lord doesn't lead you to do it all the time. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. So, once again, no one is immune to this kind of darkness and why we must constantly be on guard against it. Jesus then goes on to say in John chapter 3, verse 20, For everyone practicing evil hates the light. Everyone practicing evil hates the light. This isn't about a person that has a situation in their life where they are fighting against something. Okay? Where you know you're doing something wrong and you, know, you just keep kind of falling in the same ditch and you're going, I'm sorry God. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the guy that has his little party hat on, got his little streamers and his little, you know, his little things that you blow out, and he has a party with sin. A guy that does not want to ask for forgiveness. Do you hear what I'm saying? That is someone that practices evil, alright? So everyone practicing evil hates the light. And does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. What is it about his deeds that are going to be exposed? It's not his deeds as such, as the heart behind his deeds. That he actually enjoys it and he doesn't want to stop. Did you get that? Okay. 
William Hendrickson, let's get some insights into this, says that such a person is always avoiding the light. He will have nothing to do with Christ, the source and embodiment of God's truth and love. Hence, he never reads the Bible, refuses to attend church. All right? In his heart, he really hates the light and is terribly, terribly frightened whenever he is exposed to it. Let me ask you a question. What kind of church do you think this person will go to? Somewhere that doesn't condemn them. Somewhere that always preaches a puff piece. Somewhere where he can do whatever he wants and all he gets is God loves you. God will forgive you. There's grace for everything. And I mean just whatever. You know the victory is always yours regardless. Are you all with me? See, because that's what tickles ears. That's what allows you to get away with things. There is no judgment on yourself. Remember again, you judge yourself. But in order for you to do that correctly, somebody needs to preach the Word. Amen? And you need to understand there are some things that you need to... And again, with the balance that, okay, we're all on a journey. We're all going from glory to glory. Okay, from strength to strength, from faith to faith. It's a journey. We're not all there yet. <laughs> okay? But it needs to be a journey. Not a campsite. Amen? Alright? So that, that's what's important. That we keep moving forward. And you need to look back a year and go, Wow, I have got better. I'm still, you'll never be perfect. Hello? Okay? But you're better. You learned more. You're a little smarter. A little wiser. Amen? The things that used to just get you straight away don't anymore. The devil has to make a bigger effort now. <laughs> okay? And you're not so easy to trap and take down. Amen. Hallelujah. Alright. Let me go back to this statement that was made. In, again, he says, in his heart he really hates the light and he's terribly frightened wherever, uh, whenever he is exposed to it. This was true of many of the religious leaders of the time who hated the light and resented having their evil deeds exposed, especially when it was in their own temple. It says in Luke chapter 19, verses 45 through 47, Then Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the merchants from their stalls. And He told them, the Scriptures declare, My temple will be a place of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. And after that, verse 47, After that, He taught daily in the temple, but the leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and other leaders of the people began planning how to give him a bigger offering. How to bless him. No. Began planning how to kill him. Wow. Isn't that incredible? He's preaching the word. And instead of them repenting, and then saying, God help us, we have strayed. Isn't that what you are looking for? When people come to church, isn't that what you're looking for when you're ministering to people? That if they're doing the wrong thing, you look for that from yourself. If you hear the word, and somebody's ministering, you, you know, if they hit you dead center, you kind of go, Oops, God, I'm sorry. I have been messing up there, and you need to help me, God. Okay, now, be careful that you're not going to places where just condemning you all the time. Don't do that either, okay? But you need the truth. And then you need to understand that, that there is compassion, there is grace, but it's all there while you repent. 
Did you hear what I said? It's while you repent. While you don't want to repent, it ain't there. Amen. Amen. Okay. All right. Leon Morris says that all who make a practice of wrongdoing hate the light. All who make a practice of wrongdoing hate the light. The strife between good and evil is no tepid affair, but one that elicits the bitter hatred of the forces of evil. One reason for this is brought out here. To come to the light means to have one's darkness shown for what it is. Let me say that again. To come to the light means to have one's darkness shown for what it is. And to have it rebuked for what it is. Did you get that? No one likes this uncomfortable process. Persistent wrongdoers least of all. There is a moral basis behind much unbelief. Let me say that again. There is a moral basis behind much unbelief. When people say they can't believe, there is something else to it. It's not that they can't believe. They are resisting the light somewhere. Somewhere they are rejecting the word. The very thing that they need to receive into their heart, they are keeping out. Isn't it funny that the very thing that can save them, they are keeping at arm's length. And the very thing that is causing their destruction, that requires them to be saved, is what they keep close at hand. And when the answer comes, they push it away, not because it can't do what, it's, what it says it will do, but because they don't want to let go of what they are doing. Amen. Returning to John chapter 3. Let's see if we can finish this today. Yeah, well, let's finish this in this session. Jesus goes on to conclude his discourse in verse 21 by saying, But he who does the truth comes to the light. He who does the truth comes to the light. That his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Amen. D.A. Carson writes, There are two important differences in verses 19 through 21. First, the person who loves the darkness practices evil. An indeterminate succession of worthless deeds. Oh, I love that. Did you see that? An indeterminate succession of worthless deeds. Whenever you are doing the wrong thing, they're all worthless at the end. They're just useless. You have nothing to show for your life. Did you get that? His counterpart does the truth, which suggests adherence to the truth as it is in Jesus Christ. What Christ considered, what Christ considers to be the truth, okay, or truth, excuse me. Second and more important, while the lover of darkness shuns the light out of fear of exposure, shame and conviction, the lover of light does not prance forward to parade his wares with cocky self-righteousness, but comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God in union with Him, and therefore by His power. In other words, the person that does the right thing, doesn't parade His good works. Did you hear me? 
they keep quiet about what they do. Because what they're doing is as unto God. And Jesus said, do all your, all the, the good things that you do should be quiet. Amen? So just as much as, now this is interesting, isn't it? Just as much as the people that practice evil want to keep it quiet because they don't want anybody to know, because it'll hurt them, the people that do the right thing don't want anybody to know, not because of the same reason, but for a very different reason. They want God to be the hero in their story, not them. Do you hear what I'm saying? And so, the less they're seen, the happier they are. Especially because Jesus said, whatever you do in secret, that's what you're going to get rewarded for. Whenever you blow your trumpet, all the pats you get on the back, relish it, that's all you're getting. Amen? Remember we did Sermon on the Mount? Okay, so I don't need to go through that again. Beyond the general application of this verse, or applications of this verse, Jesus is specifically making reference to Himself in this verse, and contrasting His works against the evil deeds of the religious leaders of His day, who were shamefully unrepentant, and did everything to stay away from the light, for fear that they and their works would be exposed. Amen. Let's take a break. And we'll come back and we'll pick it up here. I don't want to go on to the next section. Uh, and, and we will be looking at John the Baptist's final testimony about Jesus. So now we're moving forward. Sorry, whenever we hit one of Jesus' teachings, we'll take a while. i uh, just warn you, okay? Because we want to go through it. We want to learn everything about it. And uh, we, don't want to be, we don't want to look at it casually. We want to look at it in depth. Alright, take a break. And we'll come back and pick this up in the next session.